This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Come to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome back to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I have assembled my team of Avengers. Uh, first of all, sitting right there across the virtual table from me is the OG co-host and co-pilot, Mr. John Irons. How's it going, sir? What's shaking? <laughs> and currently residing in designation 003, we have Rick. How's it going? You know, if you're about to tell me to look on the bright side, I'm about to hit you in the head with a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> Hi! Okay. So, all right, we're going to just hop right into this. This is going to be our, our um, in-game review show. So there was this little indie film that came out a couple weeks ago. This It's not getting much buzz, so I thought we'd talk about it here. It's called Avengers Endgame. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Well, I thought it was really cool that they got Connor McCloud and uh, Duncan McCloud in the same movie. In the same movie, yeah. (laughs) Endgame is the direct sequel to Infinity War, and it is the fourth Avengers film and the 22nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the culmination of over a decade of work. So tonight, we're going to talk about it. All right, so I want to stress right here at the beginning of the show, this episode is going to be spoiler-filled. So we're talking about the movie in its entirety, like a like a bunch of guys that just saw the movie and we're sitting around at Waffle House afterwards, you know, talking about it. So if you have not seen Endgame and you do care about spoilers, then don't listen to this episode right now. Wait until after you've seen the movie, come back and watch it. But I think probably 75% of the people that want to see the film have probably seen it by now. And uh, the other ones are not going to download a podcast that's, that's obviously an in-game uh, <laughs> uh, show. So, um, so come back to it after you've seen the movie. So I want to go around the virtual table and let everybody just take a minute and give a, a quick overview of what you thought of the movie. We'll get into some of the details of the events in the movie as we go along. Uh, and also tell us a little bit about your experience watching the movie, whether you saw it on opening night, how crowded the theater was, if you saw it in IMAX 3D or whatever. So, um, John, why don't you go first? I saw it, uh, I've seen it twice. Um, both showings Ooh. were like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, I earned it. Uh, so like, I think I saw like the 1 a.m. show and like a 1.30 show, something like that. Um, but no, it was like, it was like the first showing was opening night and it was 1 a.m. And then I saw it again on either Friday or Saturday and it was like, uh, 2.30 a.m. So like, the, so like the sun is coming up when you leave. 
<laughs> yes, the second month of Star Wars coming up when I left. That's correct. And um, the theater was still fairly packed, and uh, there were children. <laughs> wow. In both shows. Wow. Um, and I'm like, well, I guess, you know, it's the, like I know for a fact, like people have, like some people just like took Friday off to see yeah. this. Um, sad. It's going into the weekend, so whatever. It's not my kids. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see like 3D or IMAX. I just it was just a regular showing. Um, and part of the reason that um, I saw the like the super late showing was it worked with my schedule, and um, I like those are the showings that had good seats still available. So I wasn't like you know nose up to the screen. Hmm. Um, but enough about me. <laughs> uh, I loved it. It was great. It was it was um, not a perfect movie, but I would say probably a pitch perfect conclusion to um, you know, the Marvel saga to this to this point. Um, I was expecting a second part to um, Infinity War. I was not expecting it to cap off and you know be a touchdown to uh, so many of the other Marvel films. And it was you know I mean it was. I can't say it did everything I wanted it to do, but that's not the film's fault. That was because of my expectations. I, I would say it gave me everything I wanted it to give me. Uh, you so, wanted Ant- Ant- the Ant-Man up Thanos butt thing. I don't even know what that is. I, so, <laughs> for those of you who don't know... Uh, I think everybody's I, seen it by now. <laughs> I issue spoilers. Like, actively. So I saw the first Avengers trailer. I didn't watch any other trailers. I mean, I mean not the first Avengers. The... <laughs> <laughs> I've not it goes seen back to his old school trailers. Yeah, past eight years because I didn't want to spoil this one. Um, no, I, I saw the first um, in-game trailer uh, when Tony's talking into the helmet, um, and I, I that I missed that one. That was fine. <laughs> um, I mean, and we can talk more about like predictions versus their, how they ended up doing stuff. But um, I mean, yeah. Bottom line, it was it was. Again, not perfect, but thoroughly enjoyable. What about you, Rick? Uh, we saw it the Tuesday after it opened. Um, just our, our, you know, our schedules. My wife works uh, her days off are Monday and Tuesday, and since she goes to work at two o'clock, two thirty in the morning, um, there, there's not a whole lot of you know, hey, let's go out, stay out late because we want to see a movie happening. So, um, fortunately, the timing of this worked out that the week. After it opened, I was able to play hooky one day from from work on Tuesday, and we went and saw a Tuesday 10 a.m. show. And it was not crowded, but it was was not empty by any stretch, but there were no kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's kind of our M.O. We like to go to movies uh, uh, during the day when, like, we're the youngest couple in the house. Right. Um, Although next week, because of the the, uh, DS9 uh, documentary. It's going to be the first time we've gone to see a movie during prime time in years. Um, but I loved the, I loved uh, Endgame. Uh, I had no expectations. Um, you know, I've been enjoying the Marvel movies pretty much just on their own merits the whole time because I've you know I know very little about these characters. I know something about a lot of DC characters, but when it comes to the Marvel stuff, I I really have very little that hasn't been on a screen. 
Um, and I didn't even watch like the, the 90s Marvel uh, X-Men cartoons or anything. Um, so, you know, I'm the I'm the, the, the idiot in the audience that's just going to sit there and, and as long as the story is consistent and well told and the acting is good, um, I'm along for the ride. And, uh, you know, I, I, the Marvel movies have let me kind of <coughs> empathize and appreciate my friends and family who don't watch Star Trek as obsessively as I do. <laughs> and then when I start bitching about a Star Trek movie, <laughs> they're like, dude, just relax. It's a movie. Um, but I loved Endgame. I had, you know, just a, a couple of teeny tiny nitpicks that's probably just more gaps in my knowledge than a, than a plot hole. Um, and it, it did every, you know, I, I can't say it did everything I wanted it to do because I didn't know what I wanted it to do, but I enjoyed every minute of that movie. And yes, it's three hours long and they used every minute of it well. Yeah. Yeah. I, di- I didn't see it on opening night. Well, opening night is really Thursday. It came out Thursday night. So I, I didn't see it that night. Uh, my wife and I ended up seeing it at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I've, so I've only seen it once, but, um, and that theater was not sold out, but it was full. And I I was a little bit ticked because they put it in one of their smaller theaters because it was, it was the early show. You know, they, they, they were saving the bigger theater for more like the 11 or 12 o'clock show. But, um, but I only paid $5 to see it. So I didn't complain, (laughs) I didn't complain too much. Uh, (laughs) You know, I don't want to talk about how much I paid. Five dollars <laughs> each, you know. I spent over fifty dollars to see Infinity War, so I was I was satisfied with just paying <laughs> ten bucks to see this movie. You know, um, I thought it lived up to itself. It, it, you know, how many times have we had a show or a movie give us something fantastic right out of the gate and then uh, leave us with a cliffhanger and we and we start figuring out what we think is going to happen and then what they come back with. Just doesn't live up to what we thought. And with this, I had some ideas of what I thought they were going to do. Some of them they did do. Some of them they did something completely different. But all of, all of it I was satisfied with. So, um, and some of it, I mean, they completely exceeded what I thought that they were going to do. Um, there were some things that I had problems with when I first saw it, but the more that I thought about it, I thought there were plot holes, but the more that I've thought about it, the more it's made sense. So even the stuff that I really, some of the, you know, I get kind of nerdy with time travel, you know, uh, the, the ins and outs of the wibbly wobbly stuff, but, um, never noticed (laughs) even the stuff that didn't work for me when I saw the film, the more I thought about it, I figured out what they were trying to do and, and it, it make, it all makes sense to me now. So, so, okay, let's do a, uh, let's do a deep dive. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, we start out and I'm not going to necessarily do like we do on the after show and we're just go step by step through the movie, but we're just going to talk about different aspects. We of do the have movie, to go to bed at some yeah, point tonight. We, but I do want to, I, <laughs> I was actually wanna, counting on you to do that. So All right. <laughs> I did want to start at the beginning, uh, because that first scene where we see Clint's family get, just get ashed or snapped or whatever and they just all disappear which we don't actually see that happen we just see we're focused on him he turns and his daughter is gone and we can see the ash floating away and then he turns around and his wife and the rest of his kids are all gone so um i know 
just some behind the scenes knowledge of why Hawkeye was not in Infinity War. Because John Anderson that's been on this show before, you know, he, he, he is an extra on a lot of these movies. And he was an extra on a movie that, uh, J, J, Jason, what's his name? Jason? <laughs> Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, yeah. Jeremy okay. Renner, yeah. He was in a movie called Tag last year. That was a comedy. And, uh, there was a scene, and, and John Anderson was an extra in one of the scenes, one of the big scenes in that movie. And there was a scene where Jeremy Renner's character, uh, like gets slung into a wall or something like that. Well, in the scene, he was supposed to get slung into a wall. And what actually happened was he got slung into a wall and then a stack of chairs fell on top of him and it broke both of his wrists. So oh. that was before they were going to start filming infinity war. And obviously Hawkeye cannot do the bow and arrow with broken wrists. So he had to sit the movie out. They had to write him out of the movie. So, uh, so I was glad to, for, for them to start the movie with him and show what happened to his family. I kind of had an idea that his family was going to have been snapped and that was, that's going to set him off and turn him into the, the, the Ronin character. Cause he, he kind of hinted that he was going to be Ronin in this, in this, uh, movie. So, uh, what'd you guys think? I'll be honest. I never liked Hawkeye until this movie. Really? Um, yeah, he's never I, really I thought, had a whole lot to do. I mean, well, he's he's just you know dull as dishwater to me in all the other <laughs> movies, and you know I I don't need my heroes to all have superpowers because I love Black Widow, um, and I like Batman, but I just thought Hawkeye was you know I just didn't find anything interesting about the character uh, until this one. Yeah. What about you, John? Um. I, I'm not a, 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 any kind of really a fan of the Hawkeye comic books. I'm not, I'm not anything against them. I just haven't read them. Um, I thought the storyline was interesting in the context of the film. Um, and I didn't, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a lot to, I, I guess, I guess my take on it is there was so much more going on in the movie, um, this aspect of it didn't stand out that much to me. Not saying that it, that anything about it was bad. I thought it was, I thought it was fine, but, um, there there, there was a, there was a lot of, there was a lot, there was a lot happening. And so, um, uh, I mean, I think, I think, I don't. I, he's he's one of the ones getting a, a series on on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if like if the series is like his adventures as as Ronan, or I mean, or part of it, um, I think that would be really interesting. But as far as the, like, basically, he's in the scene where his family gets snapped, and you hear about him during the conference call, um, the inter the intergalactic conference call. And um, then you see him, and Nat shows up. It's like, okay, time to time to come in, time to come home. Um, so we didn't really see much of it happen. Um, so I'd be interested to see it happen. But as it is, it was a kind of a back burner plot. Obviously, it, Hawkeye, the character, plays more later. In the movie, but as far as his 
trip down, um, you know, vigilante lane. Right. That, that sounds like the most depressing show ever. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see a series that takes place in those five years uh, where we're just watching Clint go down the, the Breaking Bad route where he just continues well, every no, episode I mean, he's turned into a no, worse and I mean, worse I, guy. I'm thinking it, it I'm, I'm thinking like a limited, like a, you know, maybe five, five, six episode. Yeah. And, and he's, there's one particular guy that he's tracking down or something. So it's, it's basically like the, it's like a Punisher. It's like a, like a Punisher miniseries. Um, well then, you, you know, uh, so Black Widow shows up and tells him, Hey, you got to stop killing people. I know I just stood here and watched you kill that guy and didn't do anything about it, but you guys stopped doing that. Well, <laughs> she doesn't have the cleanest hands of the bunch either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's just that he might have probably really deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean all, all the guys that he's going after are bad guys. I mean he's not he's not killing good guys. Yeah. He's killing bad guys. But I mean, he, okay, yeah, he is snapped. But yeah. so one of the theories that I had that I was right about was that Captain Marvel was going to be the one to show up and save uh, Tony and Nebula. And, uh, you know, they're adrift in space and Tony's, I mean, I know Tony's starving. They ran out of food. They're going to run out of oxygen. And uh, Nebula, I assume is going to eventually die too, because she's part human, but uh, yeah, she's not, she's she's not as in danger as he is. He's going to die a lot sooner. She's, she's much more, hardy and space worthy. Yeah. So I knew I had a feeling that Captain Marvel was going to show up and save them because that's pretty much the only way <laughs> they're going to get back to earth. None of the that, other heroes are really space capable. <laughs> that was one of my only little nitpicks. Cause you know, that was all over the trailers. The fact that Tony's in a spaceship and he's dying. We didn't know Nebula was there, but you know, he's about to run out of air. That was in every trailer. And I said to my wife, cause you know, I'm really bad at remembering what happened in the last movie. Mm-hmm. And my wife is really good at that. And so I'm like, was Tony Stark in a spaceship at the end of, of Infinity War? And like, no, he was on whatever that planet was. Titan. Titan. Yeah. Titan. So I really would have liked to have seen even just a, a little mention of how they're there. What were they trying to do? Why did they run out of fuel? Did they just hop in the nearest ship and hope it had enough gas to get where they were going? Or, you know, I, I, well, it I was don't the, mind coming in in the middle of a story, but I thought that needed just just a touch uh, more explanation. It was the same ship that took him there, wasn't it? I mean that that was that was Thanos, wasn't that Thanos's ship? And that Nebula would have known how no, to fly it. Thanos Thanos Thanos's ship that that was the um, that was the Guardian ship. That was the Guardians of the Galaxy ship. The, oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the Benatar. Well, okay. and well, Nebula definitely <laughs> would have known how to fly that. So yeah, yeah, and. Um, they, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, they were on an alien planet and they had a ship. <laughs> they, they, tried to, they tried to get home. And it but you know. I have heard, I think it was Troy, I was listening to his show and they were talking about this and he, he did make the observation that if the ship is going through space and it runs out of fuel, it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. <laughs> That's know? true, but there is a difference between, you know, propelling yourself to try to get to Earth, you know, 50 years space. away and, and just floating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they, well, they, they weren't doing anything. They were just adrift. They were just, yeah, like, the, the ship might get to earth <laughs> with a couple yeah. of a skeleton and a, and a rusted robot. 
Um, but, I, you know, I like, this was a, a really minor nitpick. It wasn't like in any way ruined. It was just kind of like, why are they there? Okay, never mind. They're playing paper football. That's cool. <laughs> I, I like the stuff. You know, the, the movie really starts out kind of slow, obviously, but, um, they, uh, I really like the stuff when Tony gets back to Earth and the, the stuff between Tony and Cap, you know, they start fighting almost immediately. And uh, the rest of the team kind of want to give Carol crap because she just wants to go off and do her own thing because she's been doing her own thing for the last 20 years and they didn't even know she existed. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I, I, I kind of like that that aspect of it too. But um, Well, I, I like when they're like, well, where the hell have you been? She's like, you know, you're not the only planet in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thousands yeah. of other planets. Yeah. yeah, because this snap affected the entire universe, you know, mm-hmm. and she's the only one that can – travel throughout the galaxy like that but it's been like 20 some odd days since the snap happened and uh but they figure out where thanos was and i like when uh, a rocket is sitting there explaining and he says that uh when the snap happened there was an energy surge beyond anything we've ever seen and i'm like yeah and you guys were standing around it and all of you were fine (laughs) (laughs) and then uh and then there was another one and obviously that's where Thanos went, so they they go there, and uh, he's already destroyed the Infinity Stones, so they can't do anything. And then and then Thor kills him, <clears throat> which I was like, whoa! When I saw that, I was like, whoa! Hey, this movie it's like thirty, it's less than thirty minutes, and they've already killed Thanos. <laughs> you know, that was surprising, but but and it was not even questionable. You know, I thought. At first, I thought, oh, did he just hit him in the head? No, no, his head just left his body. He <laughs> just hit him in the head. It's over there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it just wasn't the real Thanos, but uh, I, I like how the movie really uh, um, kept me guessing because, as you know, as soon as Thor killed Thanos, I leaned to my wife but I went, "That's not really Thanos." She goes, "Yeah, it was." <laughs> yeah, it All was. Right. <laughs> but um, they, they, I was not expecting them to time jump. Five years into the future, I didn't. That's one thing that they did that I wasn't. I didn't even. It wasn't even on my radar that they were going to do that. Somewhere I heard that that was going to happen, so I, I knew that was. Somewhere I read or, or heard that the movie took place five years after the snap. I, I figured it was going to be months uh, because mm-hmm. I did see in one trailer that there were newspapers out saying "What do we do now?" that kind of stuff, and and it was a typical. Um, story of what happens after a vanishing event or something like that, you know, that we, we've seen a few times before. But, um, I did not know it was going to be five years. That's, that's, that's a pretty big jump. I love that it was five years. Um, and I love that they didn't, I would have been, I mean, I probably would have accepted it if they did it well, but I, I really didn't want them to just undo the damage um you know i didn't i didn't want them to to you know to to back to the future never happened yeah i i like that there are real effects like i mean yeah they got them back in the end spoiler they saved the day but they didn't save the day like the last five years happened and so all that grief like the world is different the the you know families are different I like that there is, and and I like that the movie let you sit with that for a while. That they didn't just, you know, 
undo it. That that it, it's it did start off slow, but I think it that was absolutely the right call for it to 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 have that weight that it needed. One thing that I hated when I first saw it, but the more I think about it, I like was the fact that uh, Ant Man got let out of the quantum realm because a rat walked across the control board. You know, when that happened, I was like, that's. First of all, why would the control board still be on five years later and, and it's in storage? They just moved all this equipment and didn't even bother to turn it off, you know. Um, would you mess with it? <laughs> I wouldn't have moved it. Would, would you know where the off switch is? Yeah, but, uh, and, and obviously it's just, it's just one button. So them moving the stuff, they didn't accidentally hit that one button, but this rat walking across it pushes it and he just comes out, you know. And, um, the, but, but the more well, I thought I about later. it, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> the more I thought about it is like when I went to see Ant-Man and the Wasp and that happened in the after credit scene, you know, he goes into the quantum realm, they're doing an experiment and then Hank Pym and his wife and Wasp all get ashed while he's in there. So there's nobody to let him out. So everybody's like, how's he going to get out? Cause we know he does because we've seen a trailer where he's there. If you believe the Russo's trailers and sometimes they lie in their trailers. But, um, but yeah, he, um, obviously he's there. And the more I think about it, I'm like, I kind of liked that it was that simple, you know, because we easily could have had a 20 minute side quest of them finding out that he's trapped in the quantum realm. And then another 10 minutes of having to figure out how to get him out so that they can use his, a device to figure out how to do the time travel and stuff. But instead it's just, Hey, rat, let him out. And then he's going to, you know, he's going to find a uh, cap and, and black widow a little later. So can I just uh, say, <clears throat> you guys have been giving me shit for two years because I've been, because Ant-Man is just too damn simplistic. And finally I'm like, all right, I'll ride with it. The, the rat, let him out. I'm cool with that. And you're the one that picking up. <laughs> oh, I'm not nitpicking about it. I, mean, I, I, nit, I nitpicked about it when it happened, and then the more yeah, I think about it, I'm like... I didn't like, even think about it. I'm like, everything to do with Ant-Man is going to be stupid in this movie. I'm just accepting it and writing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, so the universe was saved by a rat. <laughs> because it, if Ant-Man didn't come back, then they wouldn't have been able to do any of the stuff that happens after that. So while, while we're here, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into the time travel aspect of it. So the 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 whole idea is that um, to, okay, so Tony's got real stakes. They I mean they they need Tony because Tony's the smartest one, and uh, so they need him to help them figure out how to do it. What they they want to go back in time and gather the Infinity Stones so that they can bring everybody back. Uh, he's got real stakes because now he and uh, Pepper have a daughter. And she's about four years old, I guess. And his thing is, uh, yeah, I want, I would love to be able to go back and save everybody, but I'm not going to undo what I've got. I'm not going to go back and have my daughter not exist because I changed something in the past. You know, so I like that we're going to go back and we're going to undo this. We're going to bring everybody back, but we're not going to undo the snap. We're not going to make it so that it never happened. Right. You know, and um, <clears throat> Tony figures out because when you start dealing with time travel, you easily get, start getting into these discussions of, well, if they go back in time and they get the Infinity Stones, then the Infinity Stones weren't there for Thanos to get and blah, 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 and go back and forth. And they 
they get that out of the way by Tony creating time travel GPS, I think is what he calls it. So they can go back in time and change anything that they need to change. When they come back, they're going to come back to their timeline. They're going to come back to the timeline that they that they came from instead of going back to the timeline that they created, which is what would happen if you were just going back and forth in time. You would go you would go forward to the timeline that you just created. So I like that they 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 got that out of the way. They explained that right away, and I'm like, okay, so that means you can go back in time and you can do whatever. And it's not going to undo the stuff that we saw in these movies, you know. Um, the only the only part of it that I did have a problem with was when uh, uh, Bruce is talking to the the ancient one, you know, to get the time stone, and she starts explaining if you take the time stone out of this timeline, then it creates an alternate timeline that's very bad because there's an infinity stone missing. And he says, well, we can bring it back and we can put it back in the same place. And then, you know, the timeline is corrected. Like, yeah, Bruce, except you just said you don't have enough PIM particles <laughs> to go back again. So if you, if for some reason you're not successful, you can't go back and put it back because you can't time travel anymore. But no, if they bring well, everybody back, PIM will come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an if. <laughs> well, but I mean, but if they're not successful, then I mean, <laughs> <laughs> screw it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, uh, but that, yeah, that was the only aspect of the time travel that I had just a little bit of a problem with. The rest of it, you know, they, that's what we, what we needed in all the time travel that we just saw in Discovery. We needed a couple of, just a couple of lines to explain that away and you're done with it, you know? Well, you know, at, at, at the risk of jumping to the, to the end, that's exactly what happened though, was when, when they finally it was time to send the stones back. It was it was clear they had you know all the pim particles they needed, yeah. Because pim was back and and they weren't trying to do a heist or anything. They were like, dude, we need you to to squeeze out a few of these for us so we can go put these stones back. <laughs> well, that's the that that's one of the one of the things that comes later in the plot is that they, uh, um, Loki gets away with the tesseract when they're back in 2012. So they have to go back to the 70s. And get it before that time period. And while they're there, they get some pin particles. I'm like, why didn't you do that first? That should have been your first stop. Well, because <laughs> they had enough for one trip. I want you to like this was a, this was a going back to the seventies uh, was a separate trip. But they, the, the the idea was to was to consolidate as much stuff. Um, you know, it's like while you're out, you go to Target, you get the gas. You know, you do all the stuff at once. You don't want to make a, you don't want to go home and then go out again. <laughs> so, uh, but if they yeah. knew that they could that, go to what, the '70s and get all the pin particles that they needed, then go to the '70s, get the pin particles, and then do your mission. <laughs> you know, I, go fill yes. up the tank before you drive to California. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to California knowing you don't have enough gas to get back. <laughs> but, I mean, it was obviously much much riskier. They didn't prepare for that. With his, so, they, he would have shaved differently if he knew he was going to the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like the um, with with the time travel involved and everything. They were able to bring in aspects of every Marvel movie up to this point was represented in the in this movie in, in some way. I mean, you had Ant Man and the Wasp. Black Panther was represented later on, um, but even even Thor: The Dark World 
<laughs> yeah, my least just, my least favorite of the Marvel movies, and and it was it, represented. Pretty much everyone agrees. I mean, you know, obviously some people disagree, but like the vast majority just kind of acknowledge that it's their least favorite film. And I love that they made it so integral. Hey, you remember that movie you didn't give a shit about? Aha! <laughs> <laughs> you need it now, don't you? Do you think that Natalie Portman set one foot on the set of this movie? Nope. No, she was not there at all. <laughs> they used fine. they either used some extra footage or they CG out her face on a on somebody no, else's they, body or they something. They used extra footage. Because sure it was just her waking up. I mean I'm sure they had that. And then, yeah, Rocket about to stab her with the with the pointy thing. <laughs> but um, but she was on the red carpet. I mean, she was at the premiere for the movie as if she had been in the movie. So, well, I mean, she, 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 did, the movie. she did do some voiceover. She did some voiceover stuff. Uh, did she? Yeah, because she, did, she didn't she talk did a in this scene. Well, she okay. was talking off camera. Um, so oh, that you could a, barely hear her. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Oh right. Yeah. I loved Thor's arc in this movie, by the way. Yes. I like I like Fat Thor. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I like that he stayed Fat Thor through the whole movie. Yes, yeah. I, w- I would have been again. The, the, nothing that would have tanked the film for me, but little things that would have been like, oh, really. I'm like that his his gut didn't magically disappear when he got yeah. back ready. I'm like, you know, there's lots of Thors where he's a big guy. There's a lot of <laughs> drawings <laughs> and interpretations of Thors where he's not. You know, he doesn't have a six pack. He's he's a big Norseman. Yeah. And this is this is an homage to that. He's been drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> over well, the and last also, five years. Chris Hemsworth has been kind of vocal about the cheese or the beefcake shots he's been he's had to do in the various Thor movies. Yeah. So him being the one that's got the beer gut and the scraggly beard and the long hair, I thought was brilliant. <laughs> and I also, there's I've, you know again another running thing in Marvel movies. There's an obligatory witness a guy. There's an obligatory, he's got his shirt off so you can see that he's been working out shot. Mm-hmm. Like for everybody, like Ant Man and the Wasp, oh, he's in the bathtub, and like, it just, just, he's, oh, he's got a cut, oh, he's got a cut, he's got a cut. Just yeah. you can see that, yes, he's, he's actually fit. And obviously, Chris Hemsworth has, has got to do that a lot. So I like that the obligatory, <laughs> <laughs> the obligatory shirt off shot is, he's got, you know, he's got the, uh, alcoholic dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> It gives it gives uh, normal everyday guys with everyday dad bods a chance to be able to cosplay as Thor. Yeah. <laughs> are, yeah, are you going to cosplay as Thor now? Cosplay, we can now do Thor and Spider Man. And Spider Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about Professor Hulk? That's um, one thing I would I was not expecting that in this movie. I didn't know they were going to do that. I got but, a kick out of it. Yeah, I I was a little disappointed that he couldn't. Hulk out when he needed to, but that was also kind of funny too. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I would have enjoyed that more. I guess, I guess it'll be interesting to see what they do with it after this. You know, if they if they continue to do it this way, or if they try to go back to uh, what they've done before. And because Hulk, I, I, Hulk and, Thor, and Thor Ragnarok, I thought was the I thought that that's my favorite version of the Hulk from the from any of these movies. I've I have heard um you know we we're, we're recording this you know what 2 weeks after the movie came out yeah like, roughly yeah so there's like most of the podcasts that I listen to have already done their review um and uh and that that is a common complaint is that oh the hulk wasn't hulky enough 
He didn't. He didn't. He didn't be. I'm like I. I, I thought it was great. No, you like Thor's arc. I like Hulk's arc as well, because it is it is the 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 natural conclusion to what we've been seeing happening over the past you know however many films he's been in. This is this constant struggle between um, Hulk and Banner, and it just makes sense that he would figure it out, mm-hmm. especially when the Hulk just went on strike. <laughs> went on strike. Yeah. I'm like, you, you got to do something. You got to do something else. So I'm like, I I did not have a problem that. Um, I want to say it was Buland who made a comment on the spoiler thread on Facebook. It was like, um, I just wanted him to, you know, to really to, to face Thanos again. I'm like, why? He, we saw what happened. Yeah. Like, yes, the Hulk is very strong, but he, the Thanos is a better fighter. That just, he, he Yes. Well, as, as long as Thanos, as long as Thanos has got the power stone, nobody's really going to be able to. Captain Marvel was the only one that he, was able to really stand toe to toe with him, and still, once he got that power stone in his hand, he punched her, and she went yes flying away. You know, when so. when he fought um, Hulk in Infinity War, he didn't have he well he had it, but he wasn't using the power stone. That was just him. That was just him. And we know that Hulk isn't unbeatable because Thor beat him in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, yes, he's Hulk strong, but that doesn't mean he's the strongest ever. And it doesn't mean, as we know, from Black Widow being able to even be on, you know, these adventures, just because someone's stronger than you doesn't mean you can't beat him in a fight. Yeah. So, just all well, that to say, Black I love, Widow just I love Smog a... Hulk, and I love that he was embarrassed by old Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that I really like about this movie is that it belongs to the original Avenger team. And, I mean, they are front and center in this movie, and they all have an arc. And uh, a lot of them dealt with their past. You had, uh, you know, Tony and Thor both went and saw parents that were that are dead now, you know. And then um, you had um, uh, Hulk. Like you said, embarrassed of, uh, embarrassed of his, uh, his past self and, and stuff like that. I mean, you had Ant-Man was there and you had, uh, Nebula. She was there and everything, but the original core team was front and center in the movie. And I, I really like that because it's pretty much the last movie that they're all going to be in together. You know, some of them will be back, but a lot of that team is gone now. So I was really glad that Karen Gillan finally got something to do. Yeah. Because you know yeah. she she has to she had to wear more prosthetics than anyone in the cast I think other than some of the, the side characters, and she got like maybe a handful of lines in each movie. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was glad she finally got to to get some serious screen time in this one. I have a question, and I don't know if you guys know the answer. Somebody out there probably knows the answer. That's another question. Thank you, <laughs> but. <laughs> Follow up question. Uh, so, the Gamora of the past, of this, like twenty twelve, came into the present on the ship with the Armada. When did Gamora find the Soul Stone and decide not to tell Thanos? Was it has this Gamora as the as the Gamora who is there now? already done that or is that something that she was going to do does that question make any sense yeah it makes sense i don't know the answer to no it. idea <laughs> yeah i would like to know 
If anybody knows, I'm curious. I mean, I don't know if they ever said. I don't know if they ever. I don't know if there was a timestamp on Nebula's memory or whatever. But uh, I, I just, I'd, I'd be curious. I'd, just, I'd just be curious. Post-recording edit, as revealed in Infinity War, Gomorrah has known the Soul Stone's location for a very long time. Years ago, long before 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy takes place, Thanos sent her on a mission to find the Soul Stone and report back. Thanos trained her better than he thought, because she did indeed discover the stone, but lied to dear old daddy so that he'd never complete his awful mission of universal genocide. Now you know. And knowing is half the battle. I do like that. I mean, they kind of sort of found a way to bring Gamora back, but it's not the same Gamora. That Gamora is gone. And the Russos, again, they lied to us because they said a few months ago they released, uh, they did an interview or something where they said, yeah, Gamora's in the Soul Stone. It's like, no, she's not in the Soul Stone. She's dead. She's dead, dead. Maybe she uh, is in the Soul Stone. She's dead. She's dead. Because they, they... they went very. They were very clear to make sure that we knew Black Widow's dead. Black Widow is dead. They can't bring her back. So if they died the same way, uh, as far as you know, I don't know squat about the Soul Stone or any of that stuff. But they could still be physically dead, and their soul is in the Soul Stone. So we don't know for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. We don't know that that's mutually exclusive. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a comic book, and they can do what they want. But yeah. uh, but they. Um, they 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 did make it a point two or three times in this movie after Black Widow's death scene to say she can't come back. So if she can't come back, at least that version of her, Gamora can't. But Gamora is back in a a version of her. It's not the same one, but um, I, I imagine we're going to find out more about that in Guardians three because at the end of this movie, kind of he's looking at a picture of her. And I'm assuming that's where they're going is to go find her because she went off somewhere. So the search for Gamora. Um, yeah. yeah, I presume that that is, if not the main plot, certainly a. Let me ask you guys something. If you had a similar experience to me, um, I enjoyed the Guardians movies, more or less. They're, they aren't my favorites, but you know, there's certainly no Iron Man three or or Dark. Uh, Thor in the, the Dark Darkness, whatever the hell it was, thank you. Um, but putting them in this movie, which I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but it really highlighted how third string they are. <laughs> At least in my opinion. Well, in this movie, they had more to do in the last movie because yeah, yeah. I mean most of them got most of them got snapped, and yeah. they didn't, and we didn't see them again until the third act of this movie. So. I guess I guess maybe I'm just saying Peter Quill. Not to think about it because I like Rocket. I like Rocket a lot. Um, are you are you talking about like characters or abilities in a fight? Characters. I, I just I don't like Quill and all of his uh, you know belt measuring with Thor got real old real fast. Agreed, but. He wasn't in it much. No, <laughs> and and I and I. Well, he was really only in that one scene at the end. I mean, he was in the in the fight, but he didn't really have anything to do as far as story wise until the the very end. Yeah, I like that they 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 didn't address the whole. You know, there's a debates going around that it, everything that happened in the last movie is his fault. <laughs> I kind of thought they were going to address that in this movie, but they didn't. I I mean I. I 
you know, this is my might hear John say on a previous episode, but I, I I was on that camp. Like, you know, they would have gotten the glove off if it weren't for you. But really, I'm over it. Because if they had gotten it off, then, like, how long before Thanos got it back? Yeah. How, how long could they have kept it from him? Because they weren't going to kill Thanos. That's just, if they had killed Thanos, then sure. But they're not. They they're the good guys. Yeah, they're the good guys. Some characters might have killed Thanos, but nobody on that planet yeah. would have killed Thanos. Yeah. The most they would have tried to do was like magically bind him and throw him somewhere. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what happened with the Soul Stone in this movie. So uh, obviously, we we found out in the last movie that you can only get the Soul Stone. You have to trade a soul for a soul. Red Skull is there protecting it and guiding people to it and all that. But whoever wants to take it, they have to give up the thing that they love the most, which is a person. They have to they have to kill somebody in order to get it. So uh, Thanos got it by killing Gamora in the last movie. And in this movie, Black... I, I, would, I can't say that Hawkeye killed Black Widow because he didn't kill her. She basically okay. killed herself. Okay, hang on, hang on. I think you're, you're going from a flawed premise. You don't necessarily have to kill somebody, but someone has to die. Yes. It's a, that, it's a soul doesn't he for say a soul. you Doesn't he say you have to sacrifice the thing that you love the most? You, ha- you have to give up the thing you love most. Yeah, but there's, he didn't give her. He tried, he there, tried well, to there's, keep her. There's, but there's a subtle <laughs> difference between giving up and killing. Yeah. Yeah, but he he didn't he didn't give her. He tried to keep her. She gave herself. Right, she gave. Yeah, and then but he, he, but, he but he got he got the soul. He yeah, but he didn't make the sacrifice. She did. But uh, it's he I mean it's semantics. Sacrifice. It's semantics either right. way. I mean they did what they wanted to do. But um, <laughs> do you guys do, do you guys think that the right choice was made because they were arguing about which one of them it should be? I mean, should it have been Black Widow? Or I, should it have been uh, Hawkeye? I think that in the context of this film, um, it made more sense for it to be Black Widow. They showed that she and she and basically, she basically said something to this effect: "Like I've just spent the five years trying to get to this point. Like I don't have anything else. You know, if this works, he's got a family, he's got a wife and kids. This is like." This is the most noble thing I can do. I being Black Widow, like it. In the narrative of this film, it, it, it was the choice that made the most sense. It would have, it would have been, it would not have made sense for it to have been him. It made sense for him to try because he's suicidal. They're yeah. heroes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it made sense. It was. I mean, not satisfying. I didn't want her to die, but it, it made more sense. It's satisfying in terms of the story for it to be her. Yeah, I, I would have preferred it to be Hawkeye, just because I like Black <laughs> Widow a whole lot more than Hawkeye. But yeah, it, it uh, she 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 needed redemption more, and that's that's you know she was not necessarily happy with it, but but she she was at peace with it. And we're gonna get more Black Widow. She's she's got a oh, movie yeah. coming out in a. Next year, I think. But what, from what I hear is, you know, everybody keeps saying it's a prequel, which it is a prequel. What I hear is that it's going to take place between Civil War and Infinity War. So it's going to be about what happened to her in those years between 
you know, while That's she was cool. gone. On the run. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Well, no, she, was she on the run? Yeah, yeah she, she, was. she was in hiding, and, and Cap was in hiding, and, and Fury was in hiding, so. Um, okay, so, oh, I, I, I skipped over something back when we were talking about the, the beginning of the movie. So when, uh, when Black Widow is talking to everybody's, uh, the holograms and everything, um, what's the lady's name that, uh, yeah, she makes a statement that there's a, uh, earthquake at the bottom of the ocean. And we deal with it by doing nothing, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so there's rumors going around that that means that the uh, villain in the next Black uh, Panther movie is going to be Namor the Submariner. So I just I just wanted to bring that. I thought that was interesting. That if, if that's true, that's a kind of a subtle way of of dropping that hint. I just love the line. She's like, "It's an earthquake in the middle of the ocean." We don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you expect us to do? <laughs> uh, at the end of that call, um, uh, Captain Marvel turns to Rhodey and says, good luck or something like that. And so apparently in the comics, the, the two of them have a relationship. And so, um, you know, people are interpreting, oh, that's just, you know, that's a little something, something like, well, okay, maybe. But what I got from that was somebody needs to talk to Black Widow and tell her that she, you know, needs to get a life, basically. Lighten <laughs> up, Francis. Yeah, and it was, and it was, <laughs> and it was kind of not it. And uh, <laughs> people short straw, and everybody was like, uh, "All right, good luck." And that's why he hung out. So I'm just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> interpret that Cap- as a um, Captain Marvel's had a relationship with several. I mean, she had a relationship with Spider Man at one time in the comics, and I don't think they're going to do that because he's like seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be very yeah, wrong. It would be kind of weird. They put the glove, so they put the gauntlet on. Hulk puts the gauntlet on, and yeah. he snaps, and it really does a lot of damage to him when he puts it on. So. um and the Russos are saying that they, of course, it's not up to them what happens in the future, but the way that they wrote it and the way that they thought of it as they made it was that the damage to Hulk's arm, which I think it was his right arm. I'm sitting here pointing. Yes. To um, the damage to his arm is permanent, according to them. Now, you know, whoever makes the next movie, they can do whatever. So that would be interesting if we see Hulk again and he's still got a lot of damage to his to his arm. I was watching um literally right before we started recording, like like thirty things you might have missed. They brought up the art, you know, like in the, the, the phase two of the Marvel films. Like basically there were there were a lot of hands getting chopped off or arms being chopped off. And um Excuse me. They, they cut off Thanos' hand in this um, wisely, and uh, they said that whoever was, I think it was, um, Count Hulk using the Infinity Stone is like it's, it's a it's a most subtle version of it, but he basically he lost his hand when he did yeah. the snap, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, I don't, I would be, yeah, I think if it didn't, 
something like that at this point we have the technology to kind of you know compensate for it so even if his arm his actual arm doesn't work we know that you know there's prosthetics and nanobots and all that thing and then you know the same way Thor got his eye back you know he didn't get his eye back yeah so uh, for me they might as well just let him heal they might as well just have it regenerate because what's the difference between him growing his arm back and him wearing a little sleeve metallic arm that works like an arm like just to have it peel yeah and I'm fine with him doing that if uh but I would like for him to not do it immediately. You know, if he's in yeah. whatever movie he's in next, I would like to see there still be some damage there. You know, and, and like it, it was so, it was so serious that it even takes Hulk a long time to heal from that. You know, is but, there a, is there a definitive list of, uh, people who were snapped and people who were not snapped? Like, like, uh, because there's some people that we don't see after the snap until they show back up. So we don't know necessarily that they like, you know what I mean? Like you're um, talking about the cast of Spider-Man. Everybody no, from Spider-Man no, was snapped. I, whatever. It's like one guy they're talking. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, because when they come back, when they do, when Spider-Man far from home comes out, Aunt May and all the kids that Peter went to school with are all the same age that they were in the last movie. So they had to have been snapped or else I'm most of them would have graduated. That. I'm you fine know. with that. Because we're talking six, eight kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, yes, out of the school, yes. They were in the half that got snapped. I'm fine with that. But, yeah, they uh, they did put out a list. Uh, but they even said when they put out the list that it wasn't – Definitive because when they put it out, it was after Infinity War, but it was way before this movie came out. And there were several of them that if they told us that they had gotten snapped or hadn't gotten snapped, that it would spoil some things like Spider-Man, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but they, uh, so they bring everybody back. And one thing that I really like is that they bring everybody back, but we don't see it happen. You know, Clint gets a phone call from his wife. And so we know that it worked. And we also know that for some reason Clint's been paying the phone bill on, on that phone for the last five years on his wife's phone. <laughs> so well, she it's, just, it's the family plan. You don't, you don't yeah. change the family plan. And I guess her phone went with her because I mean, all their clothes and everything went with them when they, when they asked. So when she came back, she had her phone. So she <laughs> just pulls her phone out of her pocket. So, well, you, to you her, yeah. To her, you know, it's been instantaneous. It's just like, hey, all of a sudden Clint's not here. Where'd he go? You know, he's just gone. So, uh, but I mean, like immediately after that happens, the complex gets blasted. Thanos, Thanos, you know, there was a whole subplot of Thanos figuring out a way to get into the future. And it's kind of wibbly wobbly how he was able to get the entire ship. To shrink down and go through. Well, the no, she when 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 um, I was like fake nebula. It's not fake nebula. When when old school nebula um, took the little time band from uh, present nebula, she also took the pin particles. She she gives the pin particles to Thanos. So it's not wobbly. They shrink. Yeah, they, they shrink pin style. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> big, big pin. 
<laughs> so they come into the uh, they come into the future, and uh, he attacks, and he gets the stones, but he attacks, and but nobody dies. I mean, that is a big explosion, and nobody dies in that explosion. But he uh, he gets the stones back. They go into this giant football game. <laughs> it's the biggest football game ever, and the fate uh, of the universe. Everybody that all the heroes that got snapped come back through Doctor Strange portals and uh you know the epic uh hour long battle ensues after that and and uh until Deus Ex Captain Marvel shows up and <laughs> Now hang on a second. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take some issue with that. Um because she didn't win the battle. All she did was take out the ship, which we saw her do in her own movie, was just fly through ships like they're made out of car- or cardboard. Um, I think there's a difference between a Deus Ex Machina and the cavalry arriving. And I think this was more the cavalry arriving, because we knew she was there. She was already part of the show. Um, we know that her powers are certainly within the realm of being able to do that. Uh, and so we needed a we, you know, we needed a blaster who could do an AOE attack and take out a whole buttload of the bad guys to even the playing, to you know, to, to even the odds. What's, or, what's, what's AOE? Oh, sorry, area of area of effect. Okay. Um, you know, that's like your wizard casting magic missile and taking out half of the 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 approaching army, or you know, a, a, or what Captain Marvel did, take down the main ship. There were still plenty of bad guys to fight. There was the, the battle was not by any means won by that. Um, it just it just kind of evened the odds a little bit. No, it was just very convenient that that was the exact time that she showed up. Well, of course, this is a <laughs> superhero. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because she said eventually she's going to come back, and when she shows up, it's like seconds before the end of the, of reality as we know it. <laughs> so, good, <laughs> hey, good thing you're here. <laughs> well, I mean, it was real convenient that Thor showed up when they started losing to the little demon dogs. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, cavalry. I know, I know, I know. I'm just calling it out. <laughs> so, what did you guys think about the, um, for lack of a better term, the, the girl power moment when... I know exactly what you're talking about. I was debating whether to bring it up or not. Well, I, I there have been again the complaints, of course, <laughs> um, and you know not all from men. Here's my thing, and I kind of came to this uh, place, I guess, um, years ago. Um. Is it conceivable that every female hero would be in this one little spot? Conceivable, sure. Likely, no. Would I have liked it better if there was a guy sprinkled here or there? I would have liked it better in the sense it would have made more sense. But ultimately, what does it cost you? Yeah. There, it is. It is a cool scene, and and again, and I'm not as familiar with the comics, so A Force, I think, is the thing, and that's like, this is like a comic book shot of the members of A Force. Great, but even not knowing that, 
Um, I, I think when I rose, when I raised the brow was, in, was when Mantis was. I was like, Mantis, come on. What would have been what would have been great is if, first of all, we just saw her fly through a battleship, but she doesn't need, you know, the people around her to help. I'm fine. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Mantis just kicking ass. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't expect her to like punch a lot of people, but like doing flips and then like because all she has to do is touch someone on the head and they pass out i would love to see that her just bouncing flipping around you know doing ninja moves touch 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 the the various members of this team up and clear pass i think if i have a problem with it it was that they set it up but they didn't pay it off they didn't they didn't show this force moving through the crowd um not really but again, what does it cost you? What, is, what does it cost you to have this one shot of of um, <laughs> blatant female empowerment after how you know umpteen decades of seeing white guys win the day? What does it cost you? Get over it. My only, my only. I mean, I got choked up. That was one of the moments that got me because it was just like that's so cool, um, and. For like a millisecond, I was like, really? They're all there right now? Okay. But then the next millisecond, I thought to myself, if that was 16 dudes standing there, we wouldn't even be talking about that scene. Exactly. So yeah. I didn't I, have a problem with it. I mean, if, I, if, I, if I'm supposed to accept that Captain Marvel shows up right when she's needed, <laughs> then why can't I accept the fact that all of the uh, all of the women show up at the in the same spot right when they're needed? My wife now, loved that shot. I'm like, don't you watch action movies? Like, how is this any different? From <laughs> She's over there fist pumping movie. right now. She, she loved that shot. There was there was a meme I saw today uh, on Facebook, and I, I forget the exact setup of it, but it was like it was it, it was a little dog. It was like a corgi or something that just said Peter Parker. And then, and then it was like a, a bunch of women and, it, and they were all like every female hero in the Avengers. And they were all like, we've only known him for 30 seconds, but he's ours and we're protecting him. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, I can buy that. Cause he's, you know, everyone's like, help the kid. <laughs> I did. I did love the, 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 the football scenes because it like, like I, I love a good, uh, everybody, pitch in to pass the thing just one more step everybody like that's that's like that's like one of the scenes that that always gets me i, I love a good everybody handoff to the next person scene my wife called it the the cosmic game of keep away yeah yeah i was thinking keep away too <laughs> uh but let's all right so let's talk about the the the, the big thing that, that happens so thanos finally does get the gauntlet back and puts it on he tells us oh so, so he's gonna he says what he did the first time didn't work this time he's going to take the universe down to its last atom and he's going to start all over. So we know that if he snaps his fingers this time, there's not going to be a second chance. Every, everything's going to be gone. So he, uh, he gets into this big battle with, uh, Captain Marvel and, and, uh, they're trying their best to keep the gauntlet away from him. He gets it. He puts it on. Tony looks at, um, Strange and Strange just holds up that one finger so he knows, you know, this is the one in 14 billion chance or whatever. So Tony attacks him one more time and Thanos just, you know, throws him off and he snaps his finger and nothing happens. And he looks at his gauntlet 
and the stones are gone. Now, I did the one problem I had was that Hulk put that that gauntlet on and it tears his arm up just to put it on. But you take all the stones out of it, and Thanos doesn't even notice. <laughs> he doesn't even notice that the power is just is just suddenly gone. But neither here nor there. Uh, Tony gets it, gets the stones, and he puts them on. And uh, you know, right before Thanos snapped, he said, "I I am inevitable." You know, Tony gets the stones. He says, I am Iron Man, snaps his fingers, all the bad guys get dusted. Now, Tony, that, that's, that power surge from snapping, it kills Tony. And, you know, he, we, we'll talk about his death scene, but I did, I found out today, I was watching a YouTube video and they had an interview with the, uh, with the Russos and, and they said that, uh, they originally filmed that scene. Tony didn't say anything. He just snapped. And they figured out after the fact, you know, somebody said he should have said, I am Iron Man. And they were like, oh, my God, that that would have been great. So they talked Robert Downey Jr. into going back and reshooting that scene. And Downey didn't want to do it because that death scene was very emotional for him. So he didn't want to go back and do it again Mm. weeks, weeks, months later after he had already done it. But he did, and I think it works. I mean, the fact that he goes out saying the same thing that he said at the end of his first movie uh, 11 years ago was uh, was pretty awesome. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that there was anybody in my theater that was not quietly sobbing <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when Tony died. What would you guys yeah. think of that scene? <laughs> I, I was okay until... It, I would have been fine with it, except they gave him a daughter. And that was like, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was great. And the fact that the fact that he had had a conversation with Pepper earlier in the movie where he was saying he figured out time travel, but if she wanted him to, he could go and he could drop it in the lake right then and not worry about it again. And she said, but will you ever be able to rest? And then as he's laying there dying, she says, we're fine. You can rest now. And that's, you know, yeah, I choked up. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was, it was definitely called back to earlier in the film, but it's really every Iron Man film. That's yeah. like, he can't stop. Like that's, and, and uh, Pepper references to this too. Like it's like one of, one of the failures, one of the few fails in my life is I couldn't get you to stop. He, mm-hmm. he's a tinkerer. And if he has an idea, he can't let it go until he solves it. And, so yes, uh, like that, that was a that was a that was full circle for the movie and and for the the Tony Stark persona. Um, can we talk about Cap and Mjolnir? I, I was gonna say we skipped over something really cool. The, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, possibly the the best <laughs> scene in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Something like, that I'm not, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we knew that was going to happen eventually, because if you remember back in Age of Ultron when they were all taking turns trying to pick it up, he nudged it and it moved. Yeah. Well, you know? and, the look, and the look on Thor's face was priceless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first thing I thought was I didn't, I didn't think when I watched that movie, I didn't think that he nudged it. I think that Thor was like, oh shit, if anybody's worthy, it's him. Um, I thought that he just got that look because Cap was about to try. And so the first thing I thought was, okay, but he tried in Age of Ultron. I was well, 
But then, if you're Captain America and Thor is sitting right there, of course you would pretend. Even if you could lift it, you wouldn't lift it because mm-hmm. you're Captain America and you wouldn't want to embarrass him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, uh, um, yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I like that the, they played with it. Even after he did that, they, they kept playing with it in that, uh, you know, Thor wanted the axe back. And he said, Here, you take the little one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might see if there's a showing after the show. They're pulled out. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, I was I was hoping to try to get to see it one more time before we recorded tonight, but it just wasn't wasn't in the cards. I probably won't see it again until it hits the dollar theater or something like that. But, um, so I, I wanted to talk about the funeral for just a minute because I mean nothing. I mean it was a funeral. It was a funeral scene. It was touching and everything. But I don't know if if it hit you guys as I was watching that scene. It was very obvious to me that the people when they were scrolling back and forth and they're showing. Black Panther people, Ant-Man people, those people were not there. <laughs> There's no way they were able to get all those actors in one in one place at one time. I, I didn't even think about it. I didn't know it at all. And then when they showed Doctor Strange, I don't know, something looked weird. It, his head looked like it was too big for his body. I don't know if they just superimposed his head over somebody. I don't know. It it, it just, it looks strange. It looks strange. <laughs> Cumberbatch just doesn't look but, right in a Well, he, <laughs> his head is too big for his body. That's not. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Samuel Jackson shows up at the very, he never, now Cumberbatch only got one line in this movie. Samuel Jackson shows up. He doesn't say anything. He just walks in in the back. And I, I, when I saw him, I thought, well, the next scene, he's going to be talking to somebody. Nope. He's just there for a second. And that's it. But, I'm uh. I'm sure he got well paid for that. Oh, two yeah. Hours yeah. Of work that day. <laughs> and, um, and it was. I think Agent Hill was, was there too, right? I think she yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah, she was. And the, the kid from Iron Man 3 was there too. Yeah. They shot. I, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was at first. I, had to, but, uh, I leaned over to somebody in the theater and told them because they, they were like, "Who's that? Who's that?" Because he's, yeah, because he's a lot older. I mean, he was he was what like ten years old in Iron Man three, so he's he's probably uh, pushing twenty now. Yes, <laughs> I, I was I was sad at the funeral scene, but I didn't cry until uh, Happy and and uh, Morgan were sitting down. I was like. Your dad liked cheeseburgers too. I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. Yeah. And that was like, like you said, like Happy wasn't in the movie, but like you know for what two minutes. But he, that man, he's like, I felt it, man. That was some good acting. Now Happy's good gonna acting, be, bro. Happy's gonna be in um, Far From Home. I hope that uh, they have a scene where he's at least like FaceTiming with her or something to to keep that going. I mean, and then the 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 final big thing that happens in the movie is that okay, so Captain America has to take all this stuff back. He has to take all the Infinity Stones back to where they got them. He has to take the hammer back to where they got it from. Got to reinject Jane. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got to go stab Natalie Portman and put that. Put the stone, the ether back in her. Got to put a trash can in a tree so it falls on someone. Put his dad's car keys under a rock. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so he disappears, and I kind of started getting a hint because I leaned over and I told my wife he's not coming back because when he starts talking to Bucky, 
they're talking like they're not going to see each other again for a while. And then Hulk says, it'll be as long as he needs, but it'll just be five seconds for us. And I was like, well, why are they saying bye to each other like that? And I told my wife, he's not coming back. And then, uh, so he disappears. And then your wife says, stop ruining the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you've also got, the, you get, we had a lot of hints because, uh, we saw Peggy Carter at one point in the movie when he was back in the seventies, but there was also uh, a, a few scenes where he's looking at her picture he brings her up in that uh, meeting that he that he's in for uh, uh, grieving people, and so I mean she, she comes up a lot in the movie. He disappears, going back in time, and then when he's supposed to come back, he doesn't come back. And then they look over, and there's an old man sitting on a bench next to the lake, and uh, Falcon walks over there, and it's Cap, and he's many many years older than he was a few seconds ago. So he's, he says, yeah, I went back and put all the Infinity Stones back where they were supposed to go. And, and then I just decided to live life, you know, and, uh, he went back, he went back to the forties and he lived out his life with uh, Peggy Carter. And uh, I, I spent a second or two trying to figure out if that was makeup or CGI or if they obviously just got another person, but it was so damn good. I, I couldn't tell. I could try to, I could try to figure it the out. Russo, the Russo said it's a little bit of both. They said it's a little bit of both. It's mostly okay. CGI, a little bit of, of, uh, makeup, but the voice was all Chris Evans. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you think about it, if you really think about it, which I did, <laughs> which you do. If, yeah. If he goes back, so, and I answered it for myself. I was like, well, if he went back, and he stayed with her, but he's still here now. Do he stay in the same timeline? Because if he did, that means he changed her entire history and her children were erased. And, uh, she maybe never joined shield to begin with, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then I, I realized, well, what probably happened is he went back. He lived his life in an alternate timeline with Peggy Carter. She eventually dies of Alzheimer's. And then when that happened, he probably used the pin particles that he still had to come back over to this timeline. And his, and his GPS. Yeah, yeah. And he gave, uh, so that he could give Falcon the shield at that same, uh, moment where he was, you know, so. So there, I answered that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to give this movie five stars out of five. I mean, I, I liked everything that happened. There wasn't, there wasn't really anything that happened that I didn't like. There were some things that I wish, some questions that I wish they had answered, but I've really had a good time researching and kind of answering some of that stuff for myself. So, uh, what do you guys think? What's your rating? Rick? Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, five out of five. Yeah, there was, what, what few little, Nitpicks I had were not enough to affect the overall score. I think this was, um, my, well, my only problem that I would have with the movie, uh, cause you know, I, it'd be very easy to say this was easily the best MCU movie ever, but I'd have the same problem with that as people who say that the Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie ever. Um, it can't stand on its own. So that, that takes a little bit away from it, but certainly, it was a masterpiece of, of action and I, I just I think the Russo brothers need to be congratulated for the incredible balancing act of having all of these characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and I didn't really feel like anyone got short shrift on it. While still keeping, you know, the big five or whatever 
know, Iron Man, uh, Cap, Natasha, you know, the original Avengers mm-hmm. front and center. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the others, you know, I, I wish there was more Mantis, but I love Mantis. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I just, her character is so adorable. I just want her to be there all the time. Well, that, that's what I, I, I wanted her because she's always, you know, the times we've seen her, she's just kind of like flaky. And I really wanted to see her in a battle doing battle things. Like, again, even, even like her, her style. I, I would have liked to say that. I felt like that was kind of a missed opportunity, but again, not necessarily struck against it. Yeah, but I, you know, I wasn't sitting there feeling like anyone was underused or maybe you know seeing Nick Fury in the last two seconds of the movie was a little strange. But what would he have done in the big battle anyway? So it was, I was cool with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he would <laughs> he yelled MF a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just congratulations on you know this was a, a magnificent. Uh, culmination, denouement, if you will, of you know the first decade of the MCU, and uh, well done for to them. Yeah, this movie was this movie's definitely made for the fans. I mean, you you can't if you don't know anything about the MCU up to this point, you can't come to this movie and watch it. I mean, you probably find stuff to enjoy, but you're not going to understand a lot. Now, I think that if you take Infinity War and Endgame together. You could possibly, even without watching the stuff before that, you could possibly watch those two movies together as one story and get a complete movie. I, I think so too. I, I made that um, I made that point to Brandon uh, Ushio. He, he said he said basically he's like if you if you, unless you like I loved it. it this is Brandon. It's like I loved it because I've seen all the Marvel movies. But if you haven't, you know, it was a terrible movie. And I was like, no, no, I, I completely disagree. I was if you've seen Infinity War, and you haven't seen anything else, it's still a good movie. I mean, you don't get all of the jokes, you don't get all of the references from the other films, but, I mean, you know, I enjoyed Airplane before I understood how, what they were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, if, if you tried to watch Back to the Future Part 2 and you had not seen the first one, there's a whole lot of stuff that you're not going to understand that, you know, you're not going to, if you haven't seen any of the MCU movies before you watched Infinity War and Endgame, then you're not going to get the references to the first Avengers. You're not going to get the references to Thor the, the Dark World. And you're definitely not going to get the stuff in the 70s yeah. because you have to have seen uh, the Peggy Carter TV show to get some of that stuff. Yeah, you won't get you know? You know, on your left. Like, I think in a vacuum, if you just take, because, I mean, taking... Endgame without Infinity War just isn't fair, but Infinity War and Endgame together, if you have only seen those, I think it's still an entertaining film. I don't think mm-hmm. that there's any, it doesn't rely on any of those Easter eggs to to tell the story. The, pl- the, the plot of the story is um, we, we, we have to do a time heist, and the big bad is coming. Mm-hmm. And this film works with that plot with everything that it has all, all the other bit, all the other references and everything. That's just, that's extra spice. That's extra flavor to, to make it that much more delicious. So yeah, five out of five for the record. I want to, I have some, um, so the Russo brothers did a Q and a about a week after the movie came out because they came out and said over the weekend, they said, so someday we're lifting the moratorium on spoilers. It's like, you don't have the authority to do that, but, the reason they did that is because the reason they did that is because uh, 
they were releasing the Far From Home trailer the next day, and there's major spoilers in that trailer. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it in game, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. But uh, don't watch the Far From Home trailer. I, uh, I it, again, it is my standard practice to avoid trailers, but I knew I was coming on this show, so I figured I should go ahead and watch. So I, I, I watched it, the uh, Far From Home, the second trailer. Yeah, they, I mean, they reference they reference a lot of this. I mean, they say things like the the snap tore a hole in the universe and has caused a multiverse and all this kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, they did a Q and A where some people asked different things about this uh, about this film that they didn't feel were answered, and they gave an answer. Now, you know, the Russo brothers' history; their answer may or may not have been true. They may have been making it up on the spot, but. Uh, I just wanted to do a few of these. So they, they said, why didn't Dr. Strange just cut off Thanos' hand? You know, that's one thing that we were asking about the first movie. Well, why didn't he just open up a portal around his arm and cut it off like he did that other guy? But So he says that uh, Thanos' skin is almost impenetrable. We don't know whether Dr. Strange had the capability to do it. If he failed to cut it on, ta- on time, Thanos would still be able to do the snap. And Strange realized that during his millions of test runs, which is kind of the fallback. Well, yeah, he yeah. knew it wouldn't work because he saw 14 billion, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's why didn't dot dot dot. Well, they tried that and it didn't work. Because yeah. it, it'd be different if he said, you know, I tried 200, 300, 400 possibilities. He said millions or billions. 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 Yeah. Like, fine. I mean, <laughs> anything you can think of. Try everything, of, yeah. Because he's smarter than you, and he's magic. Will, uh, will Black Widow's uh, Will Black Widow be resurrected when the Soul Stone is returned? You know, I was asking that on Facebook because you know he says a soul for a soul. So if you take the Soul Stone back, do you get a soul back? Uh, Russo says the process is irreversible. Even if you have returned it to its original location, you wouldn't be able to get the person back. In fact, it's not really. Returning the stone, more like just putting it back properly. The tribute soul for the soul stone will forever be sealed in place. Therefore, Black Widow is gone forever. Relative forever. It's comic books. Yeah. <laughs> gone, gone until we need to write her back in. <laughs> what year was Steve Rogers dancing with Peggy Carter? Uh, oh, he says, one. we can't answer it for now. This is a story that happened in an alternate reality. Maybe it will be revealed in the future. Um I think it was the 40s because the the, the house there was a car outside the, the house and it, yeah. yeah it looked like the 40s to me it didn't look like it was the 70s but um no were there two definitely not the 70s were there two Captain Americas in the same timeline um he said yes there were two Captain Americas in that reality it's just like what Hulk said what happened in the past has already happened. You, you, If you go back to the past, you simply create a new reality. The characters in this movie created a new timeline when they went back to the past, but it had no effect to the Prime Universe. What happened in the past 22 movies is still canon. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there were two Captain Americas in, t- in that timeline. One of them was Frozen. One of them was Frozen, right. <laughs> yeah. So, which also begs the question, if he went back... Th- did he go save that version of Bucky? Because he knew Bucky was being tortured. Would he just sit there and let that happen? I mean, yes. he could still, he could live with Peggy and still be a hero in that timeline. He could still be Captain America. Yeah, but he'd, he served his time. He served more than his time. He wanted to, no. I don't know if I, I would be able to sit there and just let my friend be tortured by the Russians or whatever. Well, you're not just sitting there. You're on a date. 
<laughs> you're, not, you're not just flipping through the channels. You're doing stuff. You're dancing. He's he's, he's protecting America's ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is America's ass. Did uh, Captain America meet Red Skull on Vormir? Uh, Red Skull would probably put the Soul Stone back to its location and wait for the next unfortunate Stone Seeker to make a sacrifice. Cap and Red Skull probably won't fight. It's because his mission to return the stone to its, uh, his, it's his mission to return the soul to, soul stone to the original place. The Red Skull is also no longer the same Red Skull from the first Avenger. He is more like a ghost. You could almost say that he's a completely different entity now. He only exists to guard the stone. His past conscious may or may not even exist. And Hugo Weaving didn't play him, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't say that. Um. I, I didn't think yeah. that they would fight, but I I just kind of want to see that meeting. I want to see that conversation. I think I think it could be uh, really good. Did that mouse save the universe? Yes, the mouse saved the universe among other realities in those fourteen million, fourteen million or billion, whatever possible futures. Doctor Strange foresaw uh, the mouse failed to press the button, and thus the heroes failed in those futures. Mm. Um. Reference to Disney or no? Huh? The mouse saved the Marvel the universe. The mouse saved <laughs> the mouse saved the Marvel universe. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, which it wasn't a mouse; it was a rat. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, but a mouse wouldn't have been heavy enough to press the button. Come on, that's just science. <laughs> there was not a uh, a bonus scene at the end. Of, there was no mid credit scene, and there was no end credit scene in this. If you stay all the way to the end of the credits. You hear a sound effect, and uh, that sound effect is the sound of Tony building his armor from the first Iron Man film. And so they just said that, that was just kind of a way of saying goodbye to him. There was no like post credit scenes, but the way they did the credits, well, they basically, you know, everybody who was in a Marvel movie, um, I felt like it was like it was like the end of the uh, Lord of the Rings, like. This is the ending to this whole long story. So I, I, I mean, technically it wasn't a, a post-credit scene, but I felt like it served the purpose of it. Yeah, and the, and I, the signatures and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I and I took the the sound of Iron Man at the Forge, obviously as a reference to um, um, this is the movie that started it all, but also um, we're still. This chapter is over, but we're still creating. We're still forging. Like the the you know, we're making more stuff. So stay tuned. Um. Okay. So one more. Um. Uh, that was Harley Keener at Iron Man's funeral, which was the kid from um, Iron Man Three, and uh, it just, they just said we just feel that he should participate in Iron Man's funeral. I get kind of get the feeling that Tony probably. Paid for his college, <laughs> uh, probably gave him a job at Stark Industries and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he, he probably had been part of his life over the last, uh, several years. So yeah, he, there was, there was obviously a reason for him to be at the funeral. And they also, um, yeah, again, I watched like the, I didn't see the, I only got to like, you know, number 17 of the 30 <laughs> Easter eggs you might have missed, but when they, when they talked about the kid, um, they also made the uh, the point that this might have been the first time that Tony really thought about having kids. 
uh, was when he met this guy, which I thought was sweet. And then obviously that um, continued with Peter. And so to answer your, your question or to comment on your speculation, yeah, I am sure that Peter and Morgan have met several times. I'm sure they, you know, have had dinner together at Happy and and, and Pepper. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> All right, well, well said. said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> All right, I'm going to draw the curtain on this review. So I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. Uh, Rick, thank you for being here. Let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, check me out at Starbase The Next Generation or Open the Iris or Infinite Diversity uh, on the Infinite Diversity Podcasting Network. Uh, and uh, I love you 3,000. Mm-hmm. All right. And, John, thanks for being here as well. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Alright, and I want to thank uh, all of you listeners for joining us for this episode, and be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say... Oh, yeah. I didn't didn't do it. (laughs) Wait a minute, let me find the... So, uh, fun facts. Uh, I wasn't on last week's episode, but I did send Sean (laughs) a recording... (laughs) To play at the end. Um, oh yeah, I do have it here. All right. Yeah, and I didn't get it until after we were we were finished. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's not going to be as good now, <laughs> but and I didn't write it down. I don't remember what it was, but I, I do have it recorded. So here it is. An ode to infinity. There once was a bad guy from Titan. Them vengeance and him got to fighting. With a snap, Thanos won. Now the end game's begun. And no spoilers, but it sure was exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast.